Hi, everyone. This is Radha Prati here, and I'm here with Veda and uh, CC. And we are excited to be here. How are you guys today? Oh, you guys are on mute. CC, you're on mute. Hare Krishna. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with all of you. I'm eager to be rejected over here. <laughs> we are going to talk on rejection. Mm. Yeah, that's, yes. that's our theme for the day. How are you, Veda? I am waiting to hear what we can, uh, what we can extract out of each and every one of us. Yeah, this is great. Okay, well, we'll just get right into it then. Um, I posted a uh, yesterday for those of you that follow us on Instagram, and if you don't, you should. Uh, Seekers Quest 108, but we, I posted a quote yesterday in preparation, getting ready for this class. This is the quote from Instagram. Uh, in getting others to accept you, don't reject you. And uh, man, I feel like I alone could talk on my own life of rejection for the entire class. But um, yeah, rejection is a big one. For me, I feel like sometimes when I'm rejected, I I then do this exact thing. I reject myself. And then I'm in this like icky funk for like days. And I don't really know why. And in the past maybe a couple years, I've been able to trace it back to like, oh, I this is me projecting somebody else's feelings or taking somebody else's feelings of rejection and rejecting myself. <laughs> So it's a super difficult thing. And and I guess not only that, but sometimes people don't even reject you, but you perceive it as rejection. Like, oh, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but like with WhatsApp or texting, like if somebody doesn't text you back, it's like, what, do they not like me anymore? Are, are we not friends anymore? Did I do something wrong? Did I offend them? Or Or what to speak of like social media, you know, you're like, Okay, well, they haven't liked my post ever, but they've liked all these other posts. <laughs> Do they not like me? It's just brutal. So, um, yeah, that's my opener. But, you know, I feel like, Veda, you shared a story with Cece and I when we got off, when we got offline just right after the other class on Tuesday. And it was so good. I was... I was going to ask you if you could share that story with everybody, because I felt like it was such a dad win. I'd never heard of it. was It was a very unique dad story, <laughs> I thought. And um, I thought maybe everybody could benefit if you could share it with us. Yeah, sure. So it was the 4th of July. And I wanted to spend, you know, the day with my son. I live in Atlanta, and my wife and my son, they live in Alachua, Florida. And so uh, he asked me to come over, so I, okay. So I came to uh, Alachua, Florida, Alachua County, Florida, and he was spending time on on his phone trying to play some games, you know, Minecraft and, and, you know, with some friends. I was thinking how to get this boy out of the house. And and I asked him, so 
you know, what game are you playing? And they tell me about games. I said, don't you want to make some money and, and you can buy more games and you can something to motivate him to get off the, the, the device. And he jumped up. Yes. So we, I helped him uh, make a business plan. So he wrote down, he wanted to make a lemonade stand. That was his lifelong mission since he was a little kid, you know? So yeah, we opened up a lemonade stand. I helped him. I went to Walmart and I went to uh, Home Depot, bought an igloo and Okay, why am I on the big screen? I'm not mm-hmm. used to this. I'm not sure why that's happening. Oh, standard. This work? Keep, keep talking. I'm not sharing the screen. I'll work on it. I'm not sharing my screen right now. Maybe that's the reason. Oh, maybe that is why. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we we set up a lemonade stand and, you know, he worked it. He worked it from all morning. He set up, squeezed lemons, and we together made lemonade with ice and about cups and everything. We set up a table. And there were about, you know, maybe 20,000 people or so going to this game, and they're walking in the street trying to go watch the fireworks. I was sitting on the table, and not many people are coming to get lemonade. And I said, hey. Uh, you know, you got to go out and, you know, hustle and invite people to your lemonade stand. And he was being a little shy. So I said, how about this? Every time you go and ask somebody, if they reject you, if they say no to you, I'll pay you a dollar. So we had a, we had a, we had a game going on between him and me. So he was going around and approaching everybody that he possibly could and I was watching him because he has never been rejected in his life. You know, he's, he's just a very sweet kid. He's whatever he wants. His needs are very minimal. Whatever he wants, he gets it. So he's never been rejected. So this was his first time going out there, just nonstop getting rejected. And just me watching him just be completely cool with the fact that he was being rejected because he knew that rejection was bringing him fruits. And he was almost dancing, you know? He was, he was sprinting around to approach people and, and dancing way back to the stand. And it was just the most beautiful thing that I've seen because I wanted him to feel rejected and he was able to cope and deal with it so well. And it's just... He just turned 11 and he was, it was just a very beautiful sight for me to give him a little taste of how the world works, where, you know, you're not always going to have people accept you for who you are and what you do. And, and that experience, he talks about it quite often. He wants to do it again. So it's nice. So that's the story I was sharing with CC and Radha. Hmm. I love that story. Yeah. For life. I like what I noticed in that story. It's like, because he had such, such love and support from you, he didn't need it from, from the rest of the world in that way. And it's really beautiful. 
if you consider strength of character there are broadly two aspects to it one is determination and often determination means some people say that i never take no for an answer so so you could say determination means get the world to say yes get the world to bend to our will so i didn't get this job but i'll keep trying so this is often glorified and it's important to have determination but there's another aspect to it uh, except when the world says no except gracefully so this is actually associated with resilience or grit and sometimes the two are thought to be the same but they are actually very different so sometimes if we equate the two we misunderstand there will always be times in our life when there are certain things which we can't change and in that sense our ideas may be rejected our plans may be rejected or in effect in certain relationships we ourselves may be rejected and so when the world says no how gracefully can a person accept that that is also a hallmark of character for a person like when children play a game they play to win now everybody wants to win but suppose the child loses then one of the responsibility of parents is to don't be a sore loser sore loser if you lost okay shake hands with the other player who won congratulate that player so that is also important and so so to put it in terms of the bhagavad gita bhagavad gita's world view you discuss this diagram only life will always have ups and downs there will be positives and negatives and in one sense accepting the negatives accepting that life may sometimes say no so this surviving through this it requires resilience some of our plans will work some of our plans will not work some of our relationships will work some of them will not work so in that sense when the gita says one of the key message of the gita is summer summer means equanimity or stay equipoised so that means take we could the gita doesn't specifically use these words but we could say the gita takes say accept acceptance and rejection in of them that some people will accept us and some people will reject us these are just this is another feature of the duality of the world and this dwandva this duality we all need to learn to live with it and not get carried away by it wow you know before i came into spiritual life i don't even think i knew that the second one was an option resilience except when the world says no i was so determined like to a fault that i would not accept no for anything from anyone and coming into spiritual life and accepting like oh wait god's in charge of all of this this i'm i'm not the doer it was like really such a relief and then when i started acting in that way like just kind of letting things go if they didn't pan out it was like my life became so much more peaceful and happy 
You know, I, it's funny oh. you say that. My nature is is so funny. When someone says no to me, it it motivates me more than ever before. I always look at the life of this great prince, Dhruva Maharaj, and when he wanted to sit on his father's lap, and his stepmom said, you know, son, just take it easy. You know, you, your time will come, but this is not the time for you to sit on your father's lap. And the fact that he was rejected, it, it just made him so uh, distraught. But because his nature was, you know, I should not be rejected. This is my rightful, uh, this is my rightful position as a prince to sit on my father's lap. I think that rejection is the rejection that I, from my young age, I held on to because whenever I was rejected, I was like, well, I'm going to do better than this rejection. So whenever someone rejected me, I always thought was the best thing for me. Then I, it always made me jump up and step it up and do something bigger, do something greater for me. So you'd say that it motivates you in like a positive way? 100%. 100%. It never, rejection never, uh, you know, it, it doesn't beat me down at all. I think it's that one story that as a kid we were told again and again and again and again. You know how they have motivational speeches for determination? We had like the Vedic texts to motivate us. So that was one of my favorite stories of rejection that no problems. My father is the king. I'm going to have a kingdom greater than my grandfather. How's that? You know, so that it's, 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 uh, it could be detrimental because, you know, you can get wrapped up in this material uh, pursuit because you are rejected at some point. But, I try to keep a check on it, but yes, it's one of my favorite rejection stories. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's this is interesting the way you put it. Rejection makes one determined. And I would say that there are two different things over here. They are related, but still they are different. In life, if you consider life is like a war, we all have to fight. Now, in this war, we all have to choose our battles. And in choosing our battles means, on one side, keep fighting some battles. Even if I have lost this, one time I can keep fighting and I win it later. So I would say this part is the determination part. But when I'm talking here about rejection, it is slightly different. I was talking about resilience is in one sense, accepting that some battles are lost. That doesn't mean the war is lost. Some battles are not just lost. They are permanently lost. Mm -hmm. And we need to accept that. So for example, if I, I actually, I was in Stanford during my last American trip, 
and there was a mother and her daughter they came to me the daughter was what teenager maybe 20 or something like that a little older than teenager and she said she has been in stanford for six years i said okay so she said that for six years she has been changing her uh, subject every first year if you graduate in major subparticular subjects so which would be her major she's trying out and effectively she has got enough grades to graduate in one sense but she is not graduated because she is still deciding which subject will be a major for graduating in so six years she has been at the undergrad level itself so in now in india sometimes it happens that there is a top university called iit indian institute of technology and some students their lifelong dream is to get into that and the university education is four years but the students sometimes try in one year to get admission if they don't get they take a break from their education and try for one more year and there's one student i had met he's he's been trying to get into iit for seven years the course itself is four years so i would say that is not exactly determination sometimes you have to accept that this is not going to work out but that doesn't mean my life is not life is over even if one doesn't graduate from a big university and graduate from some other university and still have a good education still have a good career so in one sense rejection like growing through rejections means acknowledging that some doors are closed and if those doors are closed should i just keep hitting against that door to open it or should i uh, till should i hit that door till it breaks and i move forward well that would be determination but the way i am understanding it resilience is okay except this door is closed this is a battle that i am not going to win but that doesn't mean i have lost the war but there's some other door that might be opened then some some other door that i might need to push and pushing that door might be a little more effective so in that I sense there's a little difference you see i sorry I, i was thinking when you're saying it's not i didn't mean did i cut you off there was a, there was a time lag no i i'm fine being cut off prabhu <laughs> <laughs> my, my apologies for that one <laughs> i think there was a lag in the sound please fin- finish your point so i was saying that they are two different things they are related that means you could say at one level determination means keep fighting the war so you are saying in that sense you are determined like say I, why i was talking about this rejection acceptance that will give you an example like some people maybe as a child they were always compared to a sibling or some neighboring kid hmm? and the parents or elders they're always made to feel inadequate hmm? and the child grows up lifelong trying to trying to gain ex- acceptance appreciation approval um, from that elder hmm? from that parent and no matter what they do you, the child does 100 things right and the parent only looks at the 101st thing that was not done right and criticizes so then sometimes you have to accept that i may never get acceptance from this person i may never get appreciation from this person otherwise so now i've seen some siblings you know they that their other sibling has their own life this sibling has their own life 
they have fam they have family they have children they have jobs they have respectable careers but still that deep sense of inadequacy is there because they were not accepted acknowledged appreciated approved by by a by a parent figure in their life so sometimes you just have to accept that this battle can't be won maybe some people will never appreciate us that was the point, broad point i was making hmm yeah i was thinking more in terms of when one is rejected okay great i mean i i feel like it's whether i accept it or not it just gives me more op- more opportunities to explore other avenues for success i don't always accept the fact that that door was closed i just acknowledge the fact that i was okay per- not permanently closed it was just something we just didn't work out but it just means that there are other opportunities out there so for me i've always felt that i don't have to accept their rejection it's a choice that i take maybe we're just not compatible so i don't i don't always think that rejection is uh how we take it you know it's just maybe we're just not meant to be it it's just uh giving me opportunity to explore something else so it's not necessarily that uh they rejected i don't feel that in my own personal life is how i look at it and i also notice that rejection when we're younger the 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 ramifications or the impact that it has on us as a kid is different than as an adult as a kid yes rejection was very hard but i think as with age we we handle rejection differently and also i think based on our uh, our psychophysiology we may be more susceptible and affected by rejection versus more the word that you use reje- uh, resilience i don't know if it yes. makes sense at all so i feel like yeah. what i'm hearing from both of you is if we experience rejection it's important to separate what we're making the rejection mean about ourselves from what's actually happening so that we can we can analyze it in an objective state so if we stop making the rejection mean something about ourselves we're so attached to the ego. i know this is what i did like if i got rejected i'd make it mean that i wasn't good enough or and then i would be so driven and i get so wrapped up in my ego that i couldn't see that hey maybe this is just life's way of telling me that this isn't a good pathway for me or maybe it is but if i'm so wrapped up in my ego i'm not going to see that clearly either way yeah good point you know excellent way of putting it there's an objective event and there's a subjective experience so now as a public speaker one of the first things i learned it was uh, about 20 years ago normally uh, after a class you expect people to maybe as a speaker you expect do people appreciate the class do people appreciate some points in the class so i gave a class and after that there's a there's a one of my mentors had organized the program and he he had invited me to speak over there in one sense he was testing me he was also launching me it was my debut one of my debuts you could say as a speaking career 
speaking field so i gave it a talk and after that there is a good number of questions but there's not one person who appreciate that talk and then after that i was a little disappointed as talking to the mentor you know, how did you find a class he said that how did you find it he asked me he's expert at uh, at throwing questions back at you every question that you ask so i said he, he, i'm not sure you know i thought that what i spoke was good but maybe it was my mis my, my my ego my illusion he said that i said that i nobody really appreciated the talk he said something which after he spoke it was so obvious that i said how could i have missed it he said that the fact that so many people ask questions during the class the fact that so many people came after the class and asked questions that indicated that what you spoke connected with them and they wanted to learn more so in one sense somebody asking a question is also a form of appreciation so i so there's the objective event was that nobody appreciated the talk the subject to experience was oh am i a bad speaker did i give a bad talk what happened over here so so these two are separate and how we process that experience so now as a speaker now i see after session there are questions that indicates that something is uh, clicking to the audience and in some ways a serious question is actually a actually more satisfying than just a superficial appreciation oh great talk and word that kind of words are cheap but somebody has engaged with the subject and has asked a serious question that's helpful that's okay yeah i would like to engage with the subject more with you that's indication so that's just a separation between the that's elaborating what rather you said about the separation between the objective event and the subjective experience simple want to see rejection everywhere some people are going to see rejection everywhere that's what you said yeah, yeah. We, is my audio terrible it's not terrible but it's not great i'd give it like a 75% today okay so tolerably terrible <laughs> tolerably <laughs> terrible <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah let's go ahead can we can we i was thinking as you were sharing how the subjective and objective this whole process of rejection it is actually uh i look at it as an opportunity for spiritual awakening and the reason i say that is because you get to ask questions to the self why am i being rejected is something wrong with me is something wrong with this person so it goes pretty deep if we just uh you know if we just step back a little bit from the whole ap- episode from this whole emotional uh, exchange if we step back a little bit it almost to me it seems like this rejection is the gateway to spiritual awakening because you're like why am i being reject- rejected and then the question is asked about the self maybe there is something wrong with me what could be wrong with me and then how is this wrong so this i think this rejection gets 
people to ask this question of why and 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 how and who these powerful questions that get people to go in the direction for seeking some some answers beyond themselves so i think rejection is the best thing that anybody could ever experience mm, that's a good point i can relate to this i think in relationships i think when i before spiritual life I was in relationships and they weren't go they weren't they weren't going well. I would just stay in and I would think okay, I could do this, I could do this, this and it and I would just stay on this hamster wheel of like trying to fix it instead of like accepting that it was broken. But when I finally got to the point where it was like just so brutal this actually pattern of codependency that I propagated myself and and had to kind of face myself like what am I doing to what's my role in this relationship dynamic? And how can I change it so that I'm not in this cycle of constant rejection? And it was such a spiritual awakening. Then it's like what you guys said, like doors open to other things that then, then once you close that door and you learn how to walk into a different one, then it's like, oh, wow, there's light in this room. (laughs) This is actually nice. So that's a beautiful point. I totally felt that. You know, that this is... Mm, I'm rejecting a lot of your points, Veda, today. <laughs> Please, go first. <laughs> so, You're going to help me awaken my I, spiritual... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I appreciate the point that uh, questions are important. But you know, this is where I think the kind of questions we ask are important. And so sometimes we use the word... Sometimes some, some people can take rejection personally now sometimes words have uh, in different contexts different meanings so often we might say the opposite of personal is impersonal but in another sense we could say the opposite of personally could be objectively and don't take this so personally it's not about you so when so sometimes if people take everything too personally, I mean they're just being hypersensitive. So the questions that you are asked whenever we face a rejection, at that time if you're taking it too personally, then it can be very discouraging. Mm-hmm. But if you can be a little bit, we can take it a little more objectively. Then we can say it can be as you said awakening or educating. And this is where I feel. The basic spiritual understanding that our the self is three level: the soul, mind, and body. So, at the level of the soul, each one of us is always connected with the divine, and we are we have that bond with the divine. We are never rejected. It's an inalienable bond. So generally, what the world is seeing and rejecting, that only has something to do with our mind-body machine. So this is what is sometimes rejected by the world. So if we are grounded in our spirituality, okay, I'm a spiritual being, I'm an indestructible spiritual being, I'm always a precious part of the divine, then with that understanding, okay, 
I have a particular kind of body mind machine. Now, what about it has triggered this reaction in this person? This person, I greeted this person, this person just snubbed me and went away. I offered a suggestion and this person mocked me for the suggestion. And, you know, I invested myself in this relationship and this person just ghosted me. Not even uh, the courtesy, not even the courtesy meaning about what went wrong. So when something like this happens, each of these it's are okay, increasing. Life again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it so personally. <laughs> like, how does he know that? I didn't tell him that. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes when this happens, uh, it's, it's, uh, if we can just distance ourselves, okay, this happened. But it doesn't necessarily mean something is wrong with me at the core. Yeah, then maybe there might be something about me, something about my body, mind, machine, which puts off some people. And then if that is the case, can I do something about it? So having being able to have that distance helps us. So and that is why spirituality can give us a lot of strength in that direction. This is the mic drop part of the class right now. <laughs> you know, one thing I was thinking, Sissy, is that to the degree we are attached to the body, when the body is rejected, to that degree we will be hurt. And some people, you can, you can say, oh, you're ugly, but it doesn't matter because they're on a different, more intellectual, mental level. Unless you insult and reject their, their thesis and their ideas, they're, they're, not, they're not affected by it. So I think that this body-mind, is, 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 uh, of course, it's a very broad category, but depending on our attachment to either the body or the mind, body or the intellect, then, you know, I've seen intelligent people, you can make comments about their bodies. They're like, oh, that was just, that's just a little class. Like, they just don't get affected by it. But if you were to question their thoughts and ideas, oh my God, or you rejected that, then they're supremely rejected. And so I think what this diagram shows is that we have to uh, be above and beyond the identification of the body and mind in order to not feel rejected. Yeah. You know, just yesterday, I was uh, talking with one person and he told me about a term I hadn't heard about. This is called BDD. It is basically body dysmorphic disorder. That means the person imagines that they're ugly. Now, when you imagine, they have some definitions here. Oh, my nose is too big. My, my smile is too thin. This is this, this is it. Now, when the word imagined is used, it doesn't mean that uh, it is not a real experience for that person. It is just that within that person's mind, that particular thought is far more prominent than it is what in the minds of people around them. And it is, it is, it can be a serious problem. So at one level, we can say it's attachment to the body, but it's not even attachment to the body. It's attachment to one particular part of the body. That person maybe is, and it's curious or it's, uh, 
ironic even tragic that this bdd seems to be present more in people who would normally be considered attractive that they are overall attractive but one feature of them may not be as attractive as the rest of the body so they, they just fixate on that and then such people often sometimes spend millions on cosmetic surgery to reconstruct their bodies so yeah they they so when we are when we are going back to the earlier point of this objective and subjective there is how much subjective importance we give to something in one sense it depends on what other important things are there in our life if there is nothing else important in my life then that one thing will just consume our entire mind if i am going to a party and i have a dozen people to meet and then one person maybe snubs me okay that's strange not pleasant but i move on uh, and i meet other people and i have a decent time over there but if i go to a party and my whole focus is on meeting only one person and that person snubs me and the whole party is a disaster it's a nightmare so in that sense this is i would say a matter of how many important things are there in our life and that's why the way i often say that attachment the way to deal with attachment is i don't just say we detached it's like more like dealing with attachment is mm -mm. it's more like develop higher attachments Mm. to the extent i have a significant number of important things in my life to the extent even if i ex experience setback in one area of my life then it doesn't matter that much for me it will hurt but it won't hurt so much yeah yeah that's another great point can we go up to the to the first diagram you wrote with the soul the yeah one thing i wanted to point out here is with this diagram and i i kind of agreed with both of your points veda's first point about how getting rejected causes you to say what's wrong with me i don't think he meant what's wrong with me but more like what is my role in this rejection so that it can so that i can invoke a positive change because i feel like one pitfall that you if if you're so bought into this philosophy you can almost and i don't want to say so bought in that's not a right way to say it but if this is the way that you not only internalize things inside but interact with the world then it can exude you from taking responsibility for your actions both in your relationship dynamic and for like perpetuating your your or manifesting your your destiny in a way. So I feel like both are important in that way. Like it's important to first recognize I'm okay, I'm not the mind or I'm not the mind, I'm not the body, I'm a soul. But maybe I am doing maybe there is some behavior that I'm propagating that is that is contributing to this result that I'm getting that I need to dive into further and take responsibility for so that I can change it. Like that. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yes. So carry on. <laughs> I'm just saying you're, it's you're like good train. I don't know train. that it's like spiritual bypassing, but it's almost it could be and a form 
in some aspect that it's like, okay, well, I can do it. I'm not the mind. I'm not the body. So, you know, this person took it like that. Well, that's their problem. Like, I, I still think there has to be some level of, and I know you guys think that too, but I just wanted to clarify that because I saw what both of you were saying. And I think our, both are true. And I think both are important. I think your point is very, very good. What I was thinking was, as you were talking is that this world is, is a world of rejection. It's, it's, it's we are here because we have rejected something. That's the fundamental creation of this world. It's a creation of rejection, in my understanding, right? And so therefore, how can we come into this world think that we're never going to be rejected? Fundamentally. So therefore, I feel that it's so nice to realize that we are here because, you know, rejection is uh, something that we have to accept is human. Every human being is going to be rejected regardless of who you are at some point in your life. And how we uh, take that rejection and internalize it and utilize it to uh, uh, take ourselves out of the equation. Because I, I asked Chaitanya, as Sisi put it, the soul is never rejected. It's humanly impossible for the soul to be rejected. Who would want to reject pure love, which is the true nature of the soul? So I, I, I uh, you know, my understanding from reading the Bhagavad Gita and other wisdom texts, the soul is never rejected. And so, yeah. go ahead, Sisi. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, rather said was good point. Rather said, I am the body. This is a problem. But just summarily rejecting by saying I am not the body. That could also be a problem, because after all, the body is the instrument with which we are functioning. Say, I can I am from India and. Somehow Indians, Indian languages are designed in such a way that Indian languages are spoken faster. So I've, I recently found that the Marathi, the language in which I grew up, the average rate of speaking of people in Marathi is about 1.5 to 2% and two times more than the average rate of speaking in English. So now that's just a bodily feature. But if I'm going to communicate in English, if I'm going to communicate with, say, people outside India, then that's the feature of my body. But I'm saying I'm the body, I'm not the body is not really helpful. So it's it's like in between, we could say, I live through the body. And because I live through the body, the body is an important vehicle, an important instrument for me. And because it's an important instrument, I have to take responsibility. So if, if there is something about me which is, which is problematic, then is there something I can do to fix it? Is there something where, some way I can improve things? So we, we do need to take it into account. 
but it's just that when we take it too personally then it's not just that we think this has to be fixed we think that it's uh, if i may use that i am unfixed i am lost i am doomed and that's the spiral of rejection that we want to avoid nicely said that was great that was beautiful thank you for that clarification and creation of rejection yeah. wow veda that was like another mic drop i feel like you could have elaborated yeah. on that a little bit more as to what it, what do you mean this is a creation of rejection well you know the wisdom texts they very clearly explain the purpose uh of why we are here the cause of why we are here and the cause of why we are here is because we have rejected our original spiritual home when we reject our original spiritual home then we're given an artificial home to play with and and eventually when we learn our lessons that this is not a permanent home nothing in this world is permanent then we will start to search out for our original spiritual home so this is my understanding mm. from the wisdom texts that this whole rejection is nothing but a uh, a trajectory that it points us to is let us go where we will never be rejected because as long as we're in this material world no matter who we are no matter how much money you have beauty you have fame you have you are bound to be rejected by somebody that's just something that i think about yeah it's like how can yeah. we expect not to be rejected when that is what we're doing all the time and look at how much love we get reciprocated from god even though we're constantly rejecting him <laughs> yeah you know this is a big subject and I'm, my mind is rejecting the idea that we should dis- <laughs> discuss this sub- discuss the subject at the toward the end of our session so <laughs> so when i read this point creation of rejection i thought this is a point that is created to be rejected <laughs> <laughs> you know a thought i had to see is that you know when we reject others or someone rejects us i almost feel like we're rejecting the divine being within that person because if someone comes on to us with their egos because that's not who they are all we need to do is try to see that beautiful spark within that person then mm. there is no rejection and when we yeah. reject others we are rejecting the divine the divine spark in all beings so we are really we are we are setting ourselves up for you know i i would just like to take that point from a different perspective hmm. another way of saying it is that 
while in principle we can say that we shouldn't be rejecting anyone that because everyone is a part of the divine it is also another point that every one of us is individual and none of us is god so if that divine being can also get rejected then what right do we have to expect that we won't get rejected so so to some extent just acknowledging our individuality means that coming to terms with the reality that we will just not get along with some people now that does not mean that we have to spend our life centered on rejecting them but we all have to in one sense in between rejecting and accepting i'd like to put the word of selecting uh, the selection process of acceptance and rejection yes it does but it's more a matter of prioritization uh, nobody can for example have 100 close relationships maybe uh, we can have a few close friends and we can sustain those relationships at a deeper level other relationships yeah we have but we can't have very deep so we can't have very deep relationship with a large num with a very large number of people so in that sense to the extent we select okay this is a person i really want to be close to this person i am comfortable with uh, uh, with uh, meeting occasionally and getting to know them at some degree so then what happens is if i am here instead of thinking uh, thinking of things only in terms of acceptance and rejection we could think in terms of having varying degrees of closeness with different people and some people may be far away from us in one sense but once we have placed that person over there not because we hate them but okay this person is just such that that you know i can't really get along very much with this person then their rejection will also not criticize will also not affect us that much so different degrees of closeness so that's i would say a more of a analog uh, solution where we don't simply think in terms of acceptance and rejection but it was others degrees of closeness and with some devote some people we can seek a greater um, greater degree of closeness wow that's that's really good I I have a quick story to to demonstrate this in my own life cuz I always struggled with my relationship with my sorry yeah what are you saying I just took it up to you do you want to do you just want to start with that story next in the next session or you want to tell the story now I'm okay either way I just wanted to be conscious of the time now I want to hear the story <laughs> okay I'll be quick oh, it'll just be order to tell it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, as you guys all know, Lefanger. Okay, please go ahead. But as yeah. you all know, I always struggled with my relationship with my dad because I always wanted to love him and I always felt so much love for him, but I he didn't always treat me the way that made me feel good. And uh when I when I came into this spiritual path, he's Catholic. and was very much against it and said a lot of really mean things. He even said he was going to take a lean out on my house, which I didn't even know what meant. I had to google it. I was like, what does that even mean? 
anyway, I had to, I just ended up saying, you know what, dad, I think we need to just take a break from talking. So I even got married in that two years. I didn't tell him. I just like, we didn't talk for two years. I was going to go to, then I was going to go to India and I thought, you know what? I I think I'm going to call my dad. So I had blocked him on every communication. And anyway, so I called my dad and I was like, Hey dad, he's like, Rachel, it's good to hear from you. I'm like, yeah. How are you? He's like, I'm good. I'm like, you, you know why we haven't talked for a couple of years? He's like, I know I effed up. I'm like, yeah, dad, you can't talk to me like that. It's not okay. It, it can't happen anymore. He's like, okay. And, but within that two years, I got to the point where however he talks to me now, it actually doesn't matter to me, but I still care deeply about him but I know how close I can be to him so that I feel good. So like, I don't let him in my emotional circle that close. Like he could, he could text me now and say whatever, and it's not going to affect me, but I can still care for him deeply. Whereas my sister called and said, Hey, dad needs this or this. I would help him out, but I would, I would keep my distance. And it was like this circle. It was like, okay, I need to be on the outside of the circle, but it broke my heart so much that I couldn't love my dad. But now it's like, okay, I can be on the outside of the circle. I can still love him, but I need to be in a place where I feel safe and where I feel like I'm not going to get hurt. And in that way, if I'm this sitting there and I'm not, I'm not putting myself in a position where I can get hurt. Okay. I can actually love him in a, in a real way. And it's like, this was, this was a golden thing for me. Yeah. So that's my story. <laughs> that might've brought the mood down a little bit, but it was, <laughs> it was really profound in my life <laughs> and um, feel and is like the best feeling I've ever had about my dad in my whole life because I was able to do this. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. I'm, yeah. So I'll try to summarize. We went down a lot of paths, but I think we started with the two points of determination and resilience that getting life to say yes and taking no from life. Both are important and that involves seeing life as a bigger war in which some battles we keep fighting till we win them and some battles we accept that we, we may not win them. And then actually before that, we started with the idea of how rejection is good for growth. And he came back to this point that rejection can lead to spiritual awakening, provided we ask the right questions. And one part of the right, asking the right questions was that we discussed, we distance ourselves, not that necessarily something is wrong. What's wrong with me? It's not so much with me as with my body, mind, machine, what can be fixed? So as spiritual beings, we are never rejected by the divine and that foundation of acceptance can help us move forward and process rejection more objectively than personally. So in that we discussed a little bit about that part, how when we take things personally, what happens is this is where the objective experience, sorry, objective event becomes escalated into a huge uh, catastrophic like experience within us and we want to avoid that and one and the last part we discussed was that for doing this we could have this idea of rather than thinking simply into the accepting and rejecting we just place pe- different people at 
different degrees of closeness in our life and as we moderate our expectations from them then we can live in peace even if they don't live up to our expectations or we don't live up to their expectations so thank you very much very nice I want to give a quick shout out to all the people who say things on the board during the class. It's like cheering us on.